right, well, we've come to the final week of our series, A Little Change Will Do You Good. Anybody make any changes so far this year that are doing them any good? How many of you? Let me see. You make a change, something that you did? Good, good. Our principle here that, that we've been talking about all along is that it's amazing how a little change made consistently over time can lead you to a completely different direction, to a completely different place. And so sometimes we think about all these grandiose changes we need to make in our life and we get overwhelmed by our financial situation or our health or relationships or habits that we have. And in the end, we don't make any changes. And, and, and so here we are, February, what, 2nd, 3rd today? 3rd, and you know, we're a month into the new year already. And many of us have maybe fallen back into the same patterns that we've been in in the previous year. Things that we said we're not going to do this year, we're right back doing those things. And so today is a great day for us to focus on one of the biggest uh, changes that people want to make every new year is our health. And we don't talk about that a lot in in church, and, and we'll get into maybe some of the reasons why or why not that may be the case. But that's something where we make a lot of resolutions about, a lot of changes we want to make in our diet and our exercise and all those things. And, uh, and yet, here we are in February, and today of all days, Super Bowl Sunday, <laughs> if anyone has a, <laughs> has a diet or a plan, it's probably going to go out the window today. And, uh, and so, well, we're going to talk about this to wrap up the series of what kind of changes and, and how should we look at our faith and our, and, and, our, and our fitness and our faith and our bodies. And so I have this question for you. Are we bodies with a soul, or, or are we a soul with a body? Are we bodies with a soul, or are we souls with a body? Or maybe some of you are going, that's like the same question. What are you talking about? Well, the the thing is here, sometimes, or it depends where we put our emphasis. And I think in our culture, in our world, in our society, the emphasis tends to be we're bodies that maybe have a soul. And the emphasis goes on the heavy weight of the body side. And it's all about fitness and, and looks and exercising and exercise magazines and all the latest dietary trends and about finding pleasure in our bodies and, and, and taking care of ourselves. It's very body-specific, body-focused, body-centered. It's, this is who we are. It's, 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 it's our person. And so we see all this attention given to those things. And, and our spiritual side, well... That's a component. That's maybe a part that's there for us, but it's just a a part of who we are. It's really about we're on this earth, we're given these bodies, we're living, we're doing the things we're doing. That's a focus that that puts the attention on our physical being. And in the church sometimes, I think throughout history or even, even in Christianity today, sometimes we swing the pendulum too far to the other side, and it's all about the soul. It's everything's about the soul and our bodies, well... You know, they're passing away, and we don't need to spend a whole lot of time on our bodies. We don't need to, to focus on that so much. And it's just get your soul in the right place. And our soul and our bodies may even be evil in some sense, but they may be sin, you know, because of our bodies. And so the attention goes all the way to the soul side of things. So now the question is, what is the right connection? How is our faith connected to these, these bodies <laughs> that we're trapped in? Did you ever feel that way? Like we're trapped in our own bodies? I mean, this is, this is what, we, what we've been given. And so, again, we, we don't tend to talk a lot about this at church, and I honestly can't remember having a message where I've talked about this. And yet, as I dove into this topic, I started realizing there's an entire series to be taught about this fun, uh, fascinating uh, look at Scripture and what the Bible has to say about this relationship between our souls, which seems to be this eternal part of us, and this really temporal part of us that's here in the, in the world, and that's fading away. And so today, I want to I kind of just begin to explore some of these things and then talk about uh, maybe some changes that we can make that would really uh, help us out and I think would be a good challenge for us. So you guys ready to jump into some of this? 
Ever hear this topic in church much? All right, so it should be interesting, right? Let's, let's do it together. So let's start in the beginning. That's always a good place to start. And I've got lots of scriptures today, and so we're not going to have time to flip to all of them. So if you're taking notes, you may want to jot those down and, and, and read some of those later. I'm going to go through them pretty quick. Uh, but we just kind of want to look at what scripture has to say about some of these things. And right away in Genesis, creation. And what did God do? He created us. I mean, he's the one. He, it's his fault. <laughs> he's the one that made us in these human bodies, and he said he created them male and female. And then it also says that we were created in God's image, and we don't know exactly what that means, but somehow who we are and who we've been made like has some image, some representation of God, and he put us in these bodies. And so he made us physical beings to live on this earth, and then he breathed life into us. He's the one that gives us our vitality and our life, and and even this whole idea of life is, is really wrapped up in our bodies, isn't it? I mean, it's, it's when our life is snuffed out, it's our physical bodies that give out. And so these, we have to understand, first and foremost, we're not just some souls that are floating around aimlessly through the universe. God saw it fit to put us into physical bodies and to give us this, this place, give us this earth, and so we have to deal with that. Then, in, in, and that's Genesis 1, 26. In, in Psalms chapter 39, verse 4, it says this, Remind me how brief my time on earth will be. Remind me that my days are numbered and that my life is fleeing away. And so there's this limited, we're, we're limited in these bodies. We're limited in this time. And, and we have this crazy thing that our bodies are starting to fade away. And that no sooner are we born and, you know, we go through these, those initial growth phases and then we're starting to die off. <laughs> Isn't that encouraging this morning? <laughs> that's so great. That's, that's the great news today. <laughs> and, and even 2 Corinthians 4.16, Paul writes this. He says, Though our bodies are dying, our spirits are being renewed day by day. And so again, there's this tension, there's this interplay. We have these souls, these spirits in us, that that is of God, and yet he's put us in these bodies, and one is deteriorating, and the other one has the ability to be renewed every day. And so again, I think many believers would say, well, let's just focus on the renewal side. Let's just focus on the spiritual side. But I think there's a connection here that that if we do that, we're, we're, we're missing the whole point. Our souls and our bodies are linked. Now, in, uh, in, in the book of uh, in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 12 through 20. Now, Paul is talking here about sexual sin and sins of the body, and so I, I don't want to focus on that context right now. And I just want to read to you, just pulling out some of these, uh, these things that Paul says about our bodies and our relationship to Christ. He says, Our bodies were made for the Lord. Our bodies were made for the Lord. And the Lord cares about our bodies. Don't you realize that your bodies are actually parts of Christ? Or don't you know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you and was given to you by God? So you must honor God with your body. Interesting, isn't it? I mean, that, that, that our bodies are actually a part of Christ and that, that somehow in our bodies, our body is to honor God. How do we honor God with our body? We understand like worship and praise. We understand praying. We understand, you know, being nice to people and having morals. Some of those things that, that, that seem to, to, to live for God. But, but how do we honor God with our bodies? In Romans chapter 12, verse 1, Paul writes this. And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will accept. So start putting all this stuff together and you're going, okay, God, what do you want us to do? What does this mean to honor God with our bodies? 
we're a temple of the living God? In the Old Testament, the temple, which again, we, we maybe don't understand temple worship, but the temple was the place where God resided in the Holy of Holies. The Spirit of God was present in the Holy of Holies, in the center of this temple. And everything was done with great care and great um, accuracy and great precision to bring honor and to not defile the temple and the worship. And this was the place that God dwelt. And here Paul is now saying, look, your bodies are now the temple where God dwells. If the Holy Spirit is alive in us and and living through us, then our bodies is where the Holy Spirit lives. And, And so through our bodies, we are to honor God. Well, God cares for our bodies. He absolutely does. If you think about Jesus coming, well, that's another interesting thing right there, the incarnation, right? Why did the God of the universe send Jesus Christ to become flesh? That's what the incarnation means. He became flesh among us. He obviously felt that taking on physical form was very important. And then what some of us did this morning is we took communion, where Christ said, look, there was something about the sacrifice that he was going to bring that had to be done through a physical body. And so he says the communion represents, the, the bread represents the body that was broken for us. The cup, the blood that was spilled out for the forgiveness of our sin. And Jesus took on the pain and died and rose again. And, and it was a physical death and a spiritual rebirth. And so, again, it, it's, there's so much more that we can get deeper into. But, but I just want you to see that throughout Scripture, there's this constant interplay between who we are as physical beings and who we are as spiritual beings. And and I find it interesting that when, when Jesus walked the earth, one of the, the first things that he did was he would perform healings for people. He cares enough that he would heal people in different ways. He would heal them of sicknesses. He would heal them of, of, of debilitating you know, illnesses. But he also chose not to heal some people. And, and again, that's another topic for another day, but I think Jesus chooses to heal people for his glory, but I also think he chooses not to heal people for his glory. And we'll never know why or what's behind that, but, but God does care and does see our bodies as a way to honor and, and, and to live for him. So, so this idea of being a temple, a living and a holy sacrifice. What Paul is saying, look, sacrifices of the Old Testament used to be killed, right? A, a lamb was put on the altar, or a dove was killed, or a firstborn animal was, was, was sacrificed. And he's saying now you're to be a living sacrifice. So don't kill your bodies, but use who you are and what you have to live for God, to fully live for him. And then he says to be set apart, holy. And so we are to be beings who are set apart for, the, for, for God to use in this world, to honor God with, with our lives. How do, we, how do we do that? I think it comes down to a question, too, for us of what's our motivation to, to care for this temple? to care for the body God's given us, to do what he wants us to do. This is where our, our, it's important where, that we understand who we are as believers. Because if it's, if it's just a matter of uh, being human beings, then yeah, it's important to be fit and healthy and all this. And, and if your motivation is to get into a swimsuit, you know, because summer's coming, or if your motivation is to be buff so that you can intimidate others, if it's about your identity, if it's about your self-esteem, if it's about all these things, what society tells us, you know, there, there's, there's some value in those things, but, but, but we ought to have a greater motivation for that. That used to be one of my motivations for working out when I was younger. I was a, I was a scrawny little kid, and, and I started working out a little bit, and I realized, hey, I can actually, like, gain some weight and, and not be pushed around so much. And that was a good motivator. And I liked it when, it was no, when, when I was noticed or things like that. And th- that was a motivator. But that's completely changed. 
Because once you get older, you realize you just, can't, you just can't keep up anymore with that. And you get married, you know, and then, so you just let yourself go, right? No! No, people! That's very wrong. My wife and I work out together three days a week. Uh, and it's important also for a spouse, but that's still not the motivation. But my motivation has also changed when I think about if I'm doing weights and I've got 40-pound dumbbells in my hand, I think about that's like my girls, and I want to be able to lift my little girls and play with them, and I want to have energy, and I want to be able to interact with them. I want to be able to, to do the things in life as much as, as God gives ability to play sports, to go hiking, to go skiing, to keep up with things. I want a lot out of life, and that's a good motivator. But we ought to have a bigger motivator than that as believers. You know what Jesus says in Mark chapter 12, verse 30? Famous words, he says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. Strength, I don't think that's just strength of will. I think he's saying, look, there's, there's spirit, there's mind, there's emotion. All of who you are, including your physical being, strength. And strength is so important when it comes to loving the Lord our God, offering ourselves as a living sacrifice. And, and how we live out our faith through the bodies that God has given us. I mean, it's the only body we have, but it, it really determines our experience. And, and I just want a, a little disclaimer here or, or just a, a point to make. We all have very different bodies. I mean, even as I know some of your situations here in the church, some of you have, have, have limitations in, in your joints. Some of you have arthritis. Some of you have, have, have chronic illnesses. Some of us have different dietary needs. Some of us are on medications. I mean, this is not a blanket statement about Again, like society would say, you need to look like this, act like this, eat like this. This is not at all what this is about. This is about saying, God, I want to be a steward. I want to be a good manager of what you've given me. I can't look to somebody else, to what you've given them, but who I am and with what what you've given me, God, can I honor you with who I am? And so we have to look at ways that, that we can really honor God with our bodies. And one thing I think about is the strength idea. When we are strong, physically, there's things that, even that, that help us in the ways that, that we worship. But when our bodies get weak, if you've been there, what happens? Temptation sets in. We, don't, we can't resist. We can't fight. When Jesus was, uh, you know, fasted for 40 days and nights, he was weak. When we don't have the food, when we don't have that nutrition, when our bodies are weak, we're much more prone to temptation. We're much more prone to making stupid decisions. So the strength of our bodies and who we are has a lot to do with our, our, our ability to worship God. And so I want to I go through some pieces that I think are, are key in, uh, in our physical, uh, maximizing who we are physically and, and looking at it through the lens of, of uh, spiritual and, and the impact, impact it has on our faith. The first thing I want to say right off the bat, remember our series, this is A Little Change Will Do You Good. This is about making changes that you can make part of your lifestyle. It does no good to do these major fits and starts and all this kind of stuff. It's about finding something that you can do to take a small step and to walk in it consistently. And so, so here are some things that I think can happen. First of all, sleep and rest. See, first of all, we think about diet and we think about exercise, but sleep and rest and the rhythm of that. This is a biblical concept, people. This is absolutely biblical, and we see it in Jesus. He, he would find a lot of energy to give to the crowds, and then he'd say he'd withdraw from the crowds. He'd, he'd, re, he'd retreat to a quiet place, 
to refresh and to, to nourish. And there's something about the ability to serve God with our bodies, to be able to do what God has called us to do, that we need that rhythm. The rhythm of the Sabbath throughout the Scriptures. A day of rest. Work hard the other days, take a day of rest. And our bodies need this kind of rhythm. Think about it quite practically. If, uh, if you're not resting well, if you're not getting the sleep that you need, how able are you to sit and study Scripture? You'll fall asleep by the first couple of verses in the Bible. No matter how good you want, no matter how much you want to follow God and read His Word, if you're exhausted, you're going to fall asleep. Some of you are sleeping right now. Okay. It's because you, 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 like Jesus, again, He talked about this tension. My spirit is willing, but my flesh is weak. Even Jesus understood that sometimes our spirit is willing. I want to serve God. I know I need to go to church. I want to be there, but my flesh is asleep. <laughs> and, and, and I can't, I can't focus. What, happens, what also happens when you're tired? You become irritable. You become grouchy. You become the kind of parent that you didn't want your parents to be to you. And, and, and so even that piece becomes part of how we can approach people. How you go to work when you're refreshed and energized. You can deal with that crabby boss and that coworker that didn't get their job done and the person that cut you off along the way. Rest and rhythm and understanding our focus in God is part of how we care for who we are. Now, moving on to uh, the two biggies, diet and exercise. Diet and exercise. I think it's interesting that God created us as physical beings. He put Adam and Eve in the garden. And then what did he do? He put them in a garden. He said, here's all the food, fruits and vegetables, and you can have dominion over the animals, and there's food to eat, and there's dairy that comes from the cows and whatnot. And what do we do? We eat fried foods at McDonald's. And we eat candy bars. And we drink sodas that are filled with sugar and greasy pizzas. And we expect to honor God with our bodies. Now, I love all those things. I do. That's why I exercise. So I can eat a lot of those. But it just reminds me that God is saying, look, if you stick to the things that I've created for you, you're going to find health. I've provided everything you need for your body to be healthy. And we substitute it with all kinds of stuff. And it's difficult in our society. I know it is. Because it's all around us and time is tight and so we take shortcuts. But it affects our bodies. And when our bodies are affected, you know, all these different things, we we have trouble functioning. And and we can't even, you know, when was the last time you heard the word gluttony spoken in church? We don't like to talk about that stuff. But scripture talks about overeating. And really it's no different than any other addiction, than any other challenge we face. And yet we seem to put it in a different category. Because what it's dealing with is our appetite. (laughs) And our inability to control our physical appetite, just like other addictions, are our inability to control other appetites. And so it's in the same category as pornography, as alcohol, as smoking addictions, as over-shopping, as who knows what. Because it's, it's an inability to control our appetites. And what is one of the fruits of the Spirit? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. And so the way that God also wires us is to say part of what the fruit of God's Spirit in us is to give us control. And I think for some of us, we have to process through our appetites and see, how am I honoring God and is He allowing me to control this? And, and again, there's other issues. What, why are we trying to control food? It's the one area in our life that might give us pleasure or joy or we feel like we have control over while the rest of the world is spinning out of control. And so we eat and for a momentary time, we feel great pleasure. The same thing that drug addicts do, that sex addicts do. It, it's similar. It's some, and, and so we've, we've got we've to deal with those things. And so our body absolutely affects our relationship um, to Christ. 
Now, I want to show you a picture here of a, of a meal. And I want you to see, like, if you see this food, if, you know, pizzas and sandwiches and fried stuff and all those good things. This is a picture of 12,000 calories. If you consume this in a day, what, what do you think would happen to your body if you consumed this amount of food daily? You know what you would look like? Show us. Not what you thought, huh? That's Michael Phelps. That there was his diet every day. He eats 12,000 calories a day when he's training. He eats those foods, but you know what he does? He's in the pool five hours a day, six days a week. And so what I, why I put that up there, and you can take him down. Way to go there, Michael. Um, <laughs> it's a reminder, look, it's not just about dieting. And one thing I want to tell you, I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm a doctor, not a medical doctor. Stop dieting. It's the dumbest thing in the world. Stop dieting. I mean, if your doctor tells you to do something, do that. Change your lifestyle. The dieting thing is ridiculous. You'll start it and stop it and start it and stop it and start it and stop. Change your pattern. In a manageable, doable way, a small change done consistently over time is going to lead you to a different place. There is no shortcut around the formula of if you take in more calories than you burn, you're going to gain weight. So there's only two ways that you can reduce your, your, your body mass is by taking in less and exercising more. And if you're only doing it on the dietary front, you're going to have a hard time. The better way is through the exercise front. Because when you exercise a lot, you can eat more. So if you love to eat, just exercise more. You have to have a bigger appetite for exercise than you do for the food that you want to eat. But again, exercise, why, this isn't a fitness class. I'm not here teaching at the why. We're talking about the relationship, again, to our faith and who we are. And this comes back to strength. And this comes back to our physical fitness and exercise. Now, I'm a pastor, and, and pastors aren't necessarily known for the physical rigorosity, I don't even know if that's a word, of our jobs, right? We tend to spend time, you know, in, in, in our office, sitting at a coffee shop, working behind a computer, meeting with people. It's not like we're out there doing a lot of physical labor. But what I do know is it's demanding in ministry, too. I want to be in this for the long haul. I want to be able to, to, to be in the marathon race for God. And it does take a lot of emotional energy. It takes a lot of spiritual energy, times that we're draining. And so I can just say, you know, let me just stay focused on my faith and on my emotional side, and let's forget about my body. But what I have found is that we have just developed a routine. My, my wife and I, we try to exercise three times a week at the gym. We don't do anything crazy. We just, you know, take, maybe take one of the classes. I'm like the only guy that's in the, one of the, the power classes there, like with my wife and all these ladies. And, hey, I can swallow my pride. Um, you know, we're doing that. And it's nothing extreme. And, and, but what I find is there are times where seasons get busy and life gets busy. And it's easy just to say, you know, I'm going to skip the workout. Not this week. Or, you know, Christmas comes and, you know, go for a few weeks. But what happens is the irony is when I need more time and I don't exercise, my other hours become less productive. Exercise energizes you. You've just got to get off the couch. You've got to get out the door. You've got to get off your rear end. And you've got to exercise. Walk. Do what you can. Again, we all have different limitations. And so for you, what is a step in a direction that you can take? Start P90X. No, don't. No, don't. I wouldn't even recommend starting P90X. Because you're going to get done with P90X and you're going to look great. Well, if you make it. What do you do after on P91X? On the 91st day of the exercises, 
Where are you going to be three months later, six months later? It's not sustainable. The guy or the woman who decides to walk around the block every night consistently, you know, five days a week, and does that for three years is probably going to be in better shape than the person who did P90X and then did nothing for the next, you know, two years. Small changes over time that can become part of your lifestyle. Jesus walked everywhere. Nobody ever preaches about that. That's just sort of like a little sidebar. Jesus walked everywhere. His disciples walked everywhere. If you've been to the Middle East, I've been there several times, they don't eat half the garbage that we do. Jesus, they ate from the fruit of the land. They ate the grains. They ate the, you know, the vegetables and the fruits. And, and so, you know, back then, that probably wasn't even a major issue. But that was part of that. And so our strength, our energy, our vitality, our clarity of focus. Those of you who know, if you exercise afterward, you feel invigorated. And this is the irony of the way that I believe God made our bodies. That the more we use them and push them to their limit, the stronger they get, followed by rest. A muscle grows when it is actually slightly torn. That's what working out and you push it to its extreme, you're starting to create strain on, strain on the muscles, and then it comes and rebuilds itself. The body has a way of strengthening itself through use. So that's where this phrase, use it or lose it, comes from. And so the irony, when we try to, like, just we're lazy, we're tired, we don't have the energy, so we sit on the couch and we eat food, it has this negative spiral. And, it, and, and again, let's look at the bigger picture of motivation. When you have energy, when you have life, when you have focus, when you have rest, God can use you in, 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 in more ways than he could if you were just destroying your body. Again, we all have different limitations. We're all in different places. This isn't about a one-size-fits-all. But for you, what's one thing you can do to get a better rhythm and rest? As a motivation to say, God, I want to be more focused. If I know Sunday morning is coming, I don't want to be tired. I'm going to get a good night's rest. What do you need to do? Food-wise, what's a simple change you can make that you can be consistent in over time? Exercise, can you just walk around the block? Take some time and just begin there. Make it a part of your life. You know, I think it's, uh, you know, we don't spend a lot of time talking about our bodies and physical beings in church, and, and I think that's okay, because it's not our primary focus. But, but like Paul says in 1 Timothy 4, verse 8, he says this, for physical training is of some value, so there's definitely value in it, but godliness has a value for all things, holding promise both for the present life and the future. And so we do get our focus right when we say, you know, we're looking at our soul and our spirit, but what I wanted to communicate convey today is they're linked and our ability to be to, to engage other people to be on ministry for god to be on mission for him to be alive and vital to, to to be there for our families as long as possible it's worth doing what is in our power because there's enough things that are out of our power you know we could walk out of here and have a heart attack and whatever that's not our control but let's do what's in our power and let's allow god to say look god here Here's who I am. Here's what you've given me. And I, I want to I, I honor you with what you've given me. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, it's uh, a topic that's really close to all of us because, God, we're, we're, we're in our bodies. And um, just like other things in life, God, this is what we have to work with. And, and we're all in different places. Some of us have incredible hardships that we face, debilitating injuries, illnesses just challenges in, in our life. But God, I pray that our motivation isn't just some kind of number on a scale or some kind of image in a mirror, but God, that it really comes down to a motivation to honor you. 
that our bodies would be a temple holy and pleasing to you. And Father, that you would give us with all of our strength the fullness of who we are to be able to worship you, to be able to, to be on ministry, to serve you. God, thanks for caring for our bodies. Thanks for showing us that you care for our wellness and our health, that you do heal, that you're called the great physician. So, Father, help us to make some choices this week that aren't just for a week, but can set us on a path uh, of a lifestyle change, God, that honors you. We love you, Jesus. Amen.